book. Big book marathon. I don't have the title in front of me, and there's a big blank. Uh, my name is Annette. I'm a compulsive a reader and your moderator for this meeting. Hi. Hi. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is being taped. All participants are required to sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is uh, allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and, to, and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on the recovery in the OA program only. An Ask It basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of this session. If there is any press in this room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures using a video camera or using our full names. Marathon meeting. The format for this session is as follows. One speaker will share for 25 minutes, followed by questions and answers for five minutes, followed by open sharing. An Ask It basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the box for our speaker. And the topic for the session is, I don't know the total, the actual name. Oh, sorry. Uh, the Big Book, Discovering a Common Solution. Thank you. And the speaker for this session is Hannah. Alana. Alana. Oh, I'm sorry, Alana. Okay. Please come up. Hi, I'm Alana, and I'm a compulsive overeater, Hi. and um, I'm really honored to be able to speak tonight about the big book. Um, I love my big book. I loved it so much, it fell apart, and a friend of mine had to glue it back together, <laughs> as you can see, and that got me started on some decorative pro projects for my, my other books that are well-worn. Um, I was just thinking about how when I first came into program, I'll, I'll just introduce myself and qualify a little bit. I came into program on May 9th, six years ago, just six months before I turned 40, and I weighed 245 pounds. Um, I'm five foot two, so you can do the math. And uh, since coming into program, I've released over 80 pounds. I can't tell you exactly what I weigh today because I haven't weighed myself. I decided to stop. I judge um, my, how I'm doing with my food plan based on how my clothes are feeling. So, because the number on the scale was my higher power for a long time, and it would determine how I would feel. Now, um, I have a, a new uh, higher power, and that was given to me as a gift of reading this book, the big book, and studying it like a text. And I'm very academic. I'm a scientist by training, and I... I was very much an agnostic. I had come into program. Uh, at the age of 12, I pretty much fired God. Um, I had to decide when I, I was raised in a Jewish family um, whether I believed in God or not. And I really thought about it long and hard. And I said, you know, there's so much suffering in the world. So many things happened. All these people died in Holocaust and Rwanda and Cambodia and all these wars. How can there be a God? How could God let these things happen? And so one of the things I had to do is actually write about my resentment towards God in my fourth step. And what I learned was that I was blaming God for a lot of actions of, of bad people and sick people. So luckily, I was able to pick up the big book um, at the suggestion of my sponsor. So I guess I'll, I'll share with you how the book has affected my program and my life and how I came to love. I'm, I'm a big book thumper, you know, officially. And my sponsees all drives them crazy. I'll say, wait a minute, this is something in the book. And I'll grab the book and I'll flip through and I'll say, this is what, I, this is what you're sharing right now is making me think about. I love my book so much, I actually downloaded the big book app on my iPhone. I take it with me wherever I go. So if you have a smartphone, look that up, 12-step companion. It has the first 165 or so pages and some of the stories. It has some prayers and 
it has a lot of quick links, and it's a quick way to get to page 86, <laughs> wherever, whenever you need it, um, even if it's not on Awakening. So um, I also wanted to, to say that when I came into this program, I really didn't know anything about the 12 steps. I was um, introduced to the idea of recovery and to the idea that 12-step recovery could help me with my eating disorders by way of a family member who went into a chemical dependency outpatient program. And I was invited to participate as a family member. And what I did when I went to the meetings as a family member was identify with the addict. (laughs) And I kept thinking, you know, they're talking about the addictive personality and the addictive mind and how people use chemical, chemical substances to change the way they feel. And I do that with food. I do that with food. And all these light bulbs started going off for me. And so I started hearing about the 12 steps and seeing how people were recovering from alcoholism and uh, drug addiction and many other compulsive mental health disorders and realized that maybe there was something for me in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, So I went. And I kept thinking, well, if it works for them, it could work for me. If it works for the alcoholics, it could work for me with my food. Because I use food. Some people come home and they have a couple of drinks, and I come home and I go straight to the refrigerator, and I use it to decompress. Same way, to check out, to numb out in front of the TV. I use it in the car on my way home. I'm not even home from work. I stop at the gas station, and in a 20-minute car ride, I've consumed like several family-sized bags of food that I... Actually, I won't even call it food. It's not even food. of a chemical substance that I was addicted to, chemically dependent. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't understand that I actually suffered from a chemical dependency just like they did. And I, I, um, I struggle with it because our society doesn't necessarily recognize food as a chemical substance, although I think that's changing. Um, we're at, at the turning point where people are recognizing how what we eat affects our mental state. And I believe very much in the doctor's opinion. Um, So as it applies to my addictions. So I came into Overeaters Anonymous open-minded but really confused, having been in a commercial weight loss program most of my adult life, probably since I was about 12 or 13, with parents also in the same commercial weight loss program, up and down, yo-yo dieting come from a long line of family members who are also suffering from the same chemical dependency to food. Um, My grandmother, who I'm named for, uh, died at the age of 48, and I'm 45. She died of diabetes. What she died of was obesity. She was obese most of her adult life and, and suffered terribly. I never knew her. My mother was pregnant with me when she died. And I think about her all the time, and it makes me sad because I wish that at that time in the 60s that she might have been able to find the recovery that I have through this program. So um, I do believe in the family illness. I believe it very strongly that there is a genetic component or a physical allergy to certain substances that we take into our bodies. Um, I can see it very clearly, and we recognize it societally with alcoholism, and that's the doctor's opinion. He recognized that there was an allergy um, and... I feel that when you take certain, I take certain food substances into my body, it creates the phenomenon of craving that then the chemicals are in my body and it affects my neurotransmitters and my brain and my moods and changes the way I feel. So um, I very strongly believe that Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book is a blueprint for living for any compulsive disorder. Anything we do, anything, any substance we take into our body, any behavior that we use to check out is changing the way we feel, and it's to self-soothe for a compulsive, compulsion to do something you know, more harmful to ourselves. So the solution for me is actually outlined in this book, and I totally didn't understand that when I came into program. I didn't understand why I was in a food program reading a book called Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't have a problem with alcohol. What's with this Alcoholics Anonymous? And then the 12 steps, that blew me away with the whole God, turning my will and my life over to God. Every time I heard the word God, I would cringe. And this book was so helpful to me in overcoming that, reading the chapter on we agnostics and being able to identify with some of the stories in the book um, of people who were agnostic and understanding that 
It doesn't have to be the word God, although I now actually call my higher power God, and I talk about God, you know, things happening in my life that were God-given. But at the time, I couldn't really wrap my head around it all, and I, I was gifted with the willingness to ask for help. I came in the rooms just to check it out because of what I saw at the chemical dependency program, and I learned that if I asked for help, help would come. And I said at my first meeting, I hear people sharing about what I do with food. I totally relate to the stories I'm hearing. Will somebody show me what to do? Because there's a whole table of literature, and I just wanted to get started. Because, And that's where the asset of being an addict came in handy. It was like, <laughs> let me get addicted to the book, you know? I'd rather be addicted to reading program literature than any other active addictive behaviors that I could focus on. So... Luckily, at the initial meeting I attended, um, someone came up to me at the break uh, after I had shared that I was new and I was open, honest, open, and willing. That's all I had to be. I was open and willing, like a sponge, like ready to absorb it. Just tell me what to do. I want what you have. I was waving that white flag like, I know that I can't do this anymore. I can't go on another diet because I know it's not going to work. I've gained 100 pounds over the last five years dieting. And... I don't see how that's going to fix the problem. And I knew it was not the diet. I knew it was in my head and in my heart. Just didn't know what to do about it. I've been talking about it in therapy for years, going in circles. So a sponsor came up to me and said she would be you know, willing to help me get started, see if we were a good fit. And she steered me to the big book. That was the first book she suggested I buy. And that was not the first book on the table I was attracted to. I was looking at the one called Overeaters Anonymous, thinking, I need that book. And so she said, you know what? There's a lot of literature here. Let's start with this book. This is how I was sponsored. And this is where the program is. And this is an outline in this book. I didn't understand how it was going to impact my life at the time. But I was like, okay, I want what she has. I'm going to do it. I'm open and willing to trying what she suggests. And so that was, to me now, I look back, that was a higher power gift. I didn't normally have the willingness to surrender my own ideas to things. I would have normally argued with her and said, I don't really want that book. I want that book, you know. What's with the workbook? Let's use the workbook. And she said, nope, nope, uh-uh. Just, just buy one book and only the big book and read just three pages, and then we're going to meet and talk about it. I was like, three pages? Yep, read like this is exactly what she said. Peck at it a little and then sit and digest it like a chicken eats. Peck a little and sit. Peck a little and sit. And I was like, let's go, let's read. You know, nope, I want you to start at the beginning. So I'm thinking page one. Nope, I want you to start at the very beginning where it's called the preface. Are you for real? You want me to read the forward to the first, second, third, fourth edition? How is that of any use? But when I was sitting here thinking about this book. I love now reading with my sponsees, and that's how I sponsor. We read the book together, and we work the steps through the book. Um, but I love reading them, the forward, the preface, which is actually the forward to the fourth edition. The, the forward to the first, second, and third edition is history, and it's tremendous, and I get goosebumps every time I read it because they had no idea what they were embarking on. I love how it starts with, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women. 100 men and women, you know, and they're writing this book because they're like, wow, we've got something really big here. We want other people to know about it. We better publish a book about it, How, what we're doing. What are we doing? Oh, let's write it down. What are we doing exactly? And that's what this book is. It's written history of what they did, what worked, what happened, what it was like, and what, what they're like now. That's literally what it is. And so I love that it says to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered. How we, precisely how we have recovered is italicized. It's not how we are recovering or how to recover. How we have recovered. They are convinced they are recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition. They were like locked up, institutionalized, thrown away the key by so many different doctors, and they just nobody thought there was any hope. And they can actually say they've recovered. And that gives me, you know, whoo, they've recovered. And then they hope that the pages of this book will be so convincing that no other authentication, no other proof is going to be necessary. And just sharing their story should really help someone understand how sick the alcoholic is and that their way of living has its advantages for all, whether you're an alcoholic or a compulsive overeater or a gambler or dot, 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 nicotine addict, 
crystal meth, narcotics. So in the beginning when I was hung up on the word alcoholic, my sponsor just said, just change the word alcoholic to compulsive overeater. And then it all started making sense. Does that mean I have 10 minutes left? Okay. Um, it started to make sense. So that's what I do when I read the book with my sponsees. We change the word alcoholic to compulsive overeater. And we start at the preface. And we read the first, second, and third forward to the additions, which talks about historically how things evolved, you know, how it grew, and how they created the traditions and why when that happened. Um, and then it goes launches right into the doctor's opinion, which isn't even a chapter. It's also a preface. And I really like that because, you know, people think of health conditions, addictions as a health condition, they turn to the doctor. So if you don't have doctors on board with the concept that alcohol is a chemical dependency and that it's not a moral issue, these people aren't bad people who just hate themselves and their families and so they keep doing this, they're really sick physically, bodily, emotionally. The spiritually part, I think the medical community has a real hard time with the spiritually part, and I had a hard time with it too. But um, I hope that someday we'll have the doctor's opinion for Overeaters Anonymous with a doctor like Dr. Silkworth writing our, you know, stating that the doctor's theory is that alcoholics have an allergy to alcohol, and it explains things which we can otherwise not account for. Like, why else would somebody do what we do with food. Why else would somebody binge and purge, binge and purge? Why else would somebody eat until they're hospitalized? You know, it's because we have an allergy and um, it's not a moral issue. Um, but I also like how the doctor addresses the idea that the alcoholic or the compulsive eater is also quite as abnormal in his mind or her mind that it's a mental compulsion, uh, that once you take a substance into your body, it can actually affect your thinking, you know? And it affects your thinking in a way that makes you completely irrational. Like, even though I wanted to stop eating and stay on a diet, I couldn't. And I would eat the food, and I didn't know that by eating it, I was putting the substance into my body that would make me crave more of it. And that if I stopped eating it for a period of time and went through a detox, and got it out of my body physically, that my cravings would decrease. I didn't think that was actually possible. In fact, I thought when people suggested I write foods down that I can't stop eating and then temporarily stop eating them um, one day at a time, I thought that was going to make me crave it more. I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to become so obsessed with these foods. And it was just so miraculous that it truly did lessen my cravings over time. So I always like to reread the doctor's opinion when I'm struggling with a certain type of food, and I suggest it with sponsees also who, are, who keep um, relapsing or having trouble with certain foods. Just go back to the doctor's opinion, remind ourselves that this is why I can't stop eating, because I have a physical allergy that affects my brain and causes a phenomenon of craving, which makes me eat again, which makes me have more cravings, and so on. Um, and that was my biggest question with my whole life. Why can't I stop eating? I really, really want to. Why can't I do it? So then it goes from the doctor's opinion to chapter one, which is Bill's story. Right? And Bill, he's like our fearless leader in 12-step world. you know. And hearing his story, at first I was really like, this is really weird language, 1930s. I didn't relate to it at all. This very male, you know, masculine, this... You know, reading it, I didn't understand half of it. Now, instead of looking at it and thinking this is really bizarre and weird and sexist and outdated, I think, where can I find myself in Bill's story? How am I like Bill, not how am I different from Bill? And every time I reread this with the sponsee, I see all my pen marks, they're all different color pens, different color highlighters. I read something different. Each time I read this book, I read something else that jumps out at me, and I want to underline it and say, yeah. That was what I did. I still thought I could control the situation. That was dieting, right, for me. Or I underlined here, you know, um, that, um, let's see, powerlessness, you know. He'd wake up after a binge and say, that's it, this has to be stopped. I knew I couldn't take one more drink. I was through forever. And I'd written lots of sweet promises to my wife, and this time I meant business, and so I did. And that was how I felt every time I rejoined the same commercial weight loss program. Really meant business. Shortly thereafter, I came home drunk. Okay, that's the next line. 
I would always break the diet. I could only do it for a certain period of time. And so next to that, I was like, I identify a total lack of willpower. And um, so it goes on through Bill's story, and I love reading through it and finding myself. And I love reading it, and boy, did he go through the steps quickly. <laughs> Step one, two, three, four, five, that happened really quickly. And, you know... Um, it took me at least a year to get through my steps the first time. It took me about six months to write my fourth step. But going through Bill's story, you know, there are some things that are outlined in italics, and that's, you know, them, the writers of the book, trying to really draw your attention. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. And really being willing to do anything in this program came from willingness to take directions from other people who had walked this path before me. So I saw them as my higher power. Everyone in the rooms who'd recovered, everyone in the rooms who had abstinence, had 100 pounds of weight loss and kept it off. And they were happy and they looked sane. And they, I mean, they're not happy all the time, but they weren't crazy. They weren't in a meeting counting calories and looking at ingredients on boxes of foods, you know, which is what my other meetings have been like. And so, you know... It was just a whole new world. Um, going from Bill's story, it doesn't even tell you yet how, how to do this program. You still have to keep reading. Read on to find out how this works. You don't even get to find out how it works until, like, page 60, right? 58, page 58, how it works. But they want you to know that after hearing Bill's hopeless story, so you can relate to it, like, oh, yeah, I, I, he was pretty hopeless, and he recovered. That's the idea. Then, okay, but there is a solution, so we know, they say, that thousands of men and women who were once just as hopeless as Bill nearly all have recovered. They have solved the drink problem. So coming to the convention, seeing people with abstinence, knowing that other people in the rooms have recovery, you know, it gives me hope that this program works, and, um, and it does. Um, going from there is a solution, um, you know, it talks about the solution. But again, they emphasize this book is your solution. It says, we are publishing this anonymous volume, setting forth the problems as we see it, and we shall bring to task our combined experience and knowledge. This should suggest a useful program for anyone concerned with a drinking problem or an eating problem or a drug problem or a gambling problem, dot, dot, dot. So this book is how it works. And... I like to stick close to the big book. Right? There's a lot of workbooks and a lot of daily readers and a lot of questions in the 12 and 12. But actually working the steps through this book is how I did it. That's how my sponsor showed me how to do it. And that's how I work with my sponsees because I feel like it's a pure program. There's so many people around the world who've recovered by following the, the blueprint here, or the outline here. So, you know, after a solution, the, cha the next chapter is, more about alcoholism. It's like, geez, when are they going to tell me, uh, my impatient addict wants to know, when are they going to tell me what to do? And it goes on and on, and it talks about, like, look, we're really serious. Like, you, this isn't a joke. You have to keep doing this, because this alcoholism thing or this compulsive eating thing, it's bad. And if you don't follow these directions, you're going to die. And actually, I have written in the front of my book, change or die. I don't know when I wrote that. I heard that at a meeting, but it's true. Change or die. And this book is really written to teach you how to change, to have a complete psychic change, right? They talk about that complete psychic change. And then it goes into, you know, how it works finally, gets to how it works, and it gives you those 12 steps. And then literally it tells you, okay, this is what you have to do. Step one, step two, step three. So how you do a fourth step, how you do your fifth step. And then it really... It, it glosses over a few, goes really quickly into, you know, the 11th step, the 10th and 11th step, but, um, and, and the 12th step. They really emphasize working with others. They do a whole chapter on the 12th step, actually. All the others get like a paragraph or a couple of lines, and then, you know, it gets to chapter 7, working with others, the 12th step. And so that's the important, like, end point is, okay, you've got recovery. If you want to keep sober, if you want to keep abstinent, this is how you got to do it. This is forever. You got to keep working with people. So, you know, and there's other chapters afterwards that talk about like the mess that we make in our lives, the family, the wives, the employers, the vision. You know, the book is pretty amazing. And I'm going to wrap up now just saying um, that one other thing I wanted to mention is that I, second year in program, I was 
lucky enough to attend a big book workshop that was in Oakland. And it was a speaker who goes around the country, and his podcasts are free. You can download them. His name is Laurie, L-A-W-R-I-E, Laurie. And he's like the Joe and Charlie of OA. He does the big book, goes through it chapter by chapter, line by line. It's a study of the big book and how you can apply it as a compulsive overeater. So check it out online, um, and thank you for listening. Let's see. Um, okay. I will now draw questions from the Ask It basket for up to five minutes, and then we will have sharing. So who, anybody want to pass the Ask It basket? I got the basket. All right. So why don't we set the timer for five minutes? All right. Well, it won't take too long. We have two questions in the basket. Oh, we got more questions coming? Okay. So the first one is, what is your favorite chapter or step, how it is discussed? Okay, what is my favorite? I have to say that um, I come back to page, I come back to pages 60, six through 68 quite a lot. My book fell apart right about there. <laughs> I had it in chunks. and um, But really reminding myself what the killers are for me. The, the grouch, and this is actually my favorite line in the entire big book. <laughs> if we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. I love that, the dubious luxury of normal men. Um, you know, if I'm pissed at someone, which I'm pretty much often, people step on my toes. I mean, I speak in big book speak. My partner is also in a 12-step program, and it drives her nuts. Like, quit talking program, but it's true, you know? Someone step on my toes, and I retaliate, you know? And so if I feel my toes are stepped on, and I'm getting angry, or I'm starting to, like, have resentment about something, and I heard this, you know, resentment is, um, wait, resentment is not getting my way in the past, Anger is not getting my way in the present, and fear is not getting my way in the future. It's all about getting my way. So if I'm not getting my way, and I'm pissed, or I'm resentful, or I'm fearful, those are the three things they say to watch out for. And so I have to go back to this book like, oh yeah, what am I supposed to do again when I'm pissed, or when I'm resentful, or when I'm fearful? And so I usually end up back in that How It Works chapter. Um, Also, when working with sponsees, we end up back there a lot. Um, And just to remind myself that it's not about me figuring it out. It's about God. Um, Higher power, if I turn it over, you know, then I won't eat. And it's not even for the other person. Like, if I'm mad at someone, it's not about being nice. It's about staying abstinent, (laughs) you know? So whatever's going to keep me abstinent, I have to keep my side of the street clean, not because I want to be like Mother Teresa, but because I don't want to eat over it later. And I will eventually eat over it if I let those things get the best of me. So the next question is, how do I use the big book to do step 10? That's a very good one, uh, because that's the only way I do step 10, um, for the most part, is page 86. And that's why I also love my app on the iPhone, because I can just type in number 80, page 86, and zoom, it goes right there. And so, and I find it interesting also that they have like 10 right before I mean, I guess 10 comes before 11. That's not that interesting. But when we retire at night and then when we awaken. So I, my brain wants to be when we awaken and then we retire at night. But they start with retiring at night. And I love that paragraph. Um, when we retire at night, we constructively review our day. Were we resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? And I answer the question. Like, I take this like it's direction. So I'm like, okay, was I resentful? No. Selfish? Maybe dishonest? Afraid? Yes. What was I afraid? Do I owe an apology? Yes. Mm, What is it? Have I kept something to myself which I should have discussed with another person at once? i got to tell my sponsor tomorrow about this situation or about this food situation. Were we kind and loving toward all? Oh, that's not a good one. Usually, no. Um, You know... 
Would I like to be? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, what could we have done better? I like that one. Okay, progress, not perfection. You know, I didn't do it perfectly. What could I do better? Were we thinking of ourselves most of the time, or were we thinking of what we could do for others, of what we could pack into the stream of life? And then I love how they conclude all these questions where it brings up all this yuck that I might have done, all the harm I've done that day, and they say, but... Don't drift into worry, remorse, and morbid reflection. Of course, this is right before you go to bed. (laughs) Instead, that's going to make you not helpful to others, right? What we want you to do instead is remember you did these things and then ask God's forgiveness and inquire what you need to do, what corrective measures should be taken, and then go to sleep, right? That's kind of how it leaves you. So I like that, how I work the 10th step. Even if I just do it mentally. Okay. When and how did God come into your program? Discuss more. Okay. How much time do we have? Uh, seven, seconds, seven, seconds, seven seconds five on the original five minutes. Okay. So I don't know if you just said it. In seven minutes. seconds, how did God come into my life? <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. No, God. Well, in, in a quick... Uh, as a group conscience, do you want to hear how God came into my life? Or do you guys want to start sharing? Okay. All right. So God came into my life in a very strange way uh, by practicing what people told me. They said, say a prayer. And I'd be like, say a prayer? Like anyone's listening? Okay. And so something really weird happened. Some of you know the story. But I saw this poster for a lost bird, <laughs> lost cockatiel, pet cockatiel. And I'd been seeing it around town for a while. And I got really upset. I thought, you know, how would I feel? I love my animals so much. How would I feel if I lost one of my animals? And so someone suggested, because I was kind of worrying about this poor person who lost their bird, I said, say a prayer that the bird will come back to him and then turn it over, right? Let it go. Give it to God. I'm like, all right, I'll try this. So I did. I said a prayer. I said, you know, if you're listening out there, will you please send this bird? Okay. This guy really needs his bird. Just send him the bird. And I said, yeah, let's see how that goes. So later that day, probably about six hours later at work, uh, I work with animals. Someone came to me and said, do you see birds? I said, yeah, I can take a look at a bird. I thought maybe a wounded pigeon. They came in with a cockatiel on their finger. And so this cockatiel had landed in the parking lot where the place where I worked. And I was like, okay, okay, I believe you. If I put a prayer out there in the universe, things can happen. And um, so that literally was my burning bush moment. I needed to get some feedback from my higher power that if I said a prayer, that someone was listening. And, and then I could apply it to things like leftover cold pizza. Like, please help me not eat this pizza. And then I was throwing it away. I'm like, wow, it works. That's it. That's how God came into my life. So, by way of a cockatiel. <laughs> All right, we have three-minute shares now. Please stick to the topic and stop sharing at the end of three minutes. And if you do want to share, we have to have you sign the release that's up here. So, the topic. I like that last one. Um, well, maybe, yeah, like, how about what... The big book is the topic. What is your favorite chapter in the big book, and how do you use it? Anybody want to share? All right, Esther, do you want to be recorded? Yes. Okay, come on up here. Oh, do I have to? Oh, I have to be up Yes, you have to be near the microphone, and then you just have to sign your name. Okay, just down here? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll be kosher. I'll do it before I speak. I loved hearing you. Uh, uh, talk about the big book. It's my text, too. And um, I am... Pardon? Oh, hi. (laughs) I'm Esther. I'm a recovered bulimic and compulsive overeater. (laughs) And I wanted to share, because I'm part of a group within OA called Overeaters Anonymous Primary Purpose. And... um, we use as our text the big book. Oh, so some people have heard of it. I mean, that's great. And uh, uh, I, I would say, am I to answer the, the, my favorite? Well, in, in this group, which is a phone and online group, um, we take protégés, which is what they're called in the big book, not sponsees. I kind of 
still having trouble with that a little bit. And um, um, through the steps. And we go immediately to how it works. And a recovered sponsor takes uh, the protege through it. If you read the big book, the, reco- the people, the stories in there, people work the steps in a day, two days, three days. In, in, in certainly a matter of weeks, we don't study initially. We do it a little differently. And we take people through the steps and get them to the point where they're ready to make their amends and start living in the 10, 11, and 12. And we used uh, all of the direction is literally from the big book. Um, uh, we, of course, share experience, strength, and hope sometimes, but when we're, we're frequently going back to this page or that or read this and do this, and the directions are just in there in that one chapter to tell you what, you know. So if you have the gift of, of first of all, we ask about desperation. If somebody calls to ask me to respond, are you desperate? And are you a true compulsive overeater? Can you stop? Or, and, can, or, and can you stay stopped? And if those two criteria are there and people are willing, and it's one, it's, is a God-given, uh, whatever your higher power is, um, gift to be given that willingness to take the direction. And it's not for me, and it's not from the other recovered sponsors. And I think we have like 270 now. Uh, it's... It's the direction from the big book and um, uh, can bring you to what the big book, what the steps bring you to. And both of my recoveries have been, I've lost, I have over 30 years of bulimia recovery and just about three years of compulsive overeating recovery. I've let go of 65 pounds. But if you take, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting carried away. <laughs> Does anyone else? We have 20 minutes for sharing. Is that a separate page or just right underneath? Hey, everybody. My name is Lynn, and I'm a real compulsive overeater. Hi. It's really good to be here, and what a great way to end the night. Um, so the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous for me, I, I love the book. I really do. And not too long ago, um, I was working with a new sponsor and really, really came into is, you know, do you love this book? Uh, do you believe what this book says? You know, do you do what it says to do in this book? And, um, and it, it is simple. It's not easy. It's not easy all the time. But one of my favorite parts really is, and I don't have my book here handy on me, but um, is the evening review. You know, that's whether it's 10, 11, you know, and I, I share with my sponsees, you know, that um, first of all, for me, the first time I did a four step, so how it works, that really, what a freedom that I had from the obsession, the self-obsession of the resentments and the fear, what people had done to me, you know, living in the past, unable to, you know, um, feeling like a victim, all that stuff, so much of that fell away. And, and to be able to then forgive myself in my life when I was, when I, I used to not have a lot of boundaries. And so it was like, I hated people for making me have boundaries basically. And to be freed from that. And to really, if I wasn't able at that moment to put a boundary out, to be able to forgive myself for that and go, you know, right now I'm taking the path of least resistance and that's okay right here, right now. Um, even more recently, my big thing is to do my evening review. And then in the moment I'm in, which is in step 10 is ask God right here, right now, help me. You know, I'm in, I'm agitated. You know, that's a great descriptive word for me of being an active compulsive eatingism in my mind. You know, I'm not eating, but I'm in dis-ease. I'm uncomfortable. I'm afraid. And to be able to say, God, be with me right here, right now, help me protect me from my mind. My mind, as we find out in the book, in the doctor's opinion says, the disease centers in the mind rather than the body. So if 
I take the food away that's been treating my, my compulsive eatingism for years, I'm not going to get better. I'm going to get worse if I don't treat my disease that centers in my mind, and only God can treat my mind. I can't go to my mind, my um, intellectual mind, to fix the problem because my mind is the problem. So I say, God, help me. Be with me right here now. Help me to protect me from my mind, which wants to torture me and tell me lies about what's going on in my life and tells me what I'm supposed to feel about everybody, about you and me, and enough about me. What do you think of me? You know, and um, and I'm able to have relief from that. And very recently, on an airplane, when my mind went into fear and then judgment, because I go right from fear to judgment, judging you, you know. And then I was able to have compassion for this person that started out as a resentment. It's like, wait, we're all one. He's just like me. We aren't just the same. We are the same. And I don't get that without a God in my life. I need a higher power to have that psychic change that goes from self-obsession and self-absorption to being one with everybody and everything. So it's really great to end. How am I going to sleep tonight? Holy cow. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Nancy, and I am a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your share, and thank you for those who stepped up to uh, give your shares also. I am, uh, for those of you who are listening, I am looking through the book. And um, uh, I've had a lot of experience with this book. It's been, um, you know, I, I... learned from it at the very beginning of a uh, program because I was answering questions uh, through, a, through the OA How program and uh, part of it was you know, referring to parts of this book. And, uh, and then there were many years where I was struggling with food and the book just stayed in a cupboard. You know, it was like, there's all my OA books, but you know, I'm busy. Uh, the, the food is taking care of me you know, and I don't need my books. And then when I, uh, the pain got so bad and the desperation uh, as I would go to the meetings and I would say, that book just flew out of my cupboard and just, you know, I just started reading. I don't know how it got here. I mean, I felt like I didn't have anything to do with it. It just came off the shelf and I'm reading it again. Um, and then uh, I've had uh, the experience, I guess, about a year ago, year and a half ago. Of uh, Well, about a year and a half ago, I started listening to some of the phone meetings to uh, just because I was home quite a bit, and I would be listening to them. And I happened across a, uh, the OAPP, <laughs> like was talked about. And uh, so I was taken through the steps, as was talked about. And actually what happened was, I, um, to be more accurate, I listened to a few meetings, sort of like, oh, they were intriguing. But then somebody came to my, our meeting, you know, I go to a meeting that uh, somebody came to the meeting and started just raving about, like, I've just gone through the steps in less than a week and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and she, the food was, you know, just not, had no control over her. And, and I thought, hmm, well, that sounds good to me. I'm listening to those phone meetings anyway. So I asked her about it. And then um, I got a sponsor and... Uh, I don't even know. I was just so intrigued with working with the sponsor, as was talked about, within a, uh, I guess it was probably a good two weeks, maybe, before we, uh, I went from steps one to 12. And um, I didn't, we didn't talk about food at all. There was no talk of food. And I just, the food just was not on my radar. And um, so uh, we started a, a face-to-face PPGOA meeting, and there are very few of them throughout the world, and um, there are several phone meetings. They can go on the OA listing and find the phone meetings, but there's maybe, I would say, 15 face-to-face meetings throughout the world. Many of them are in, in Europe, and so we started some one here in San Mateo, and uh, so we're really privileged to be reading the book and studying the book together, and uh, just in case you are interested, we also have flyers. Um, that is going to be on the flyer table. I'm not sure whether that's happening, but we just thought we'd let other people know what's happening here with the uh, studying the big book. And it's it's all in the book. (laughs) Thank you.
Hi, I'm Colleen, a compulsive eater. Um, I've been two and a half years in the program and trying to find the page that I really like in this book a lot. And um, I mean, I do, I love the book. I had a problem with it in the beginning too because I it was written so um, above me, you know. I thought I didn't understand it, and I thought, who is trying to impress who using all these big words and all these big, you know, things. Um, but but slowly but surely, I'm, I'm coming to love it and um, marking my own book up. And uh, what I use it the most for is to help me with sponsees. Um, even though I'm fairly new in the program, you know, when I heard that um, when you give back, that's how I'm going to keep my recovery, I I believe that it was really hard. I also had a hard time setting boundaries. And um, the page that I love in here, trying to get to it, is um, one... 186. So I guess that's in chapter, well, it's um, Alcoholics Anonymous number three. And it talks about um, when they go to the guy in the hospital and they say, do you want to quit drinking? It's none of our business about your drinking. We're not up here trying to take your rights or privileges away from you. But we have a program whereby we think we can stay sober. Part of that program is that we take it to someone else who needs it and wants it. Now, if you don't want it, we'll not take up your time, and we'll be going and looking for someone else. And that really helps me when I'm sponsoring because it helps me set the boundaries and um, with with my sponsees and, because before I was a doormat, okay, and and or I would carry my resentment around. And this not only as a program helped me to grow up, I'm still learning, I'm new, and um, but I get so much out of it. And I have this page all marked up, and, and when I find that, um, that's just really put it simply to me. And this is one of the, the things in the whole book that stands out for me is that um, it's okay to say, you know, maybe we don't, we're not a good match or we don't work well together or um, but I need to go find someone who wants it because that's really um, what we're called to do in the program. So thank you for your share and um, your talk. It was wonderful. Thank you. Anybody else want to share? 449. Hmm? 449. Page 449. Yeah, but I don't know what it is anymore. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, great. I'm Bonnie Capostful Reader. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Bonnie. Um, I also listen to a phone The one I listen to is uh, Vision for You from Back East. Uh, I have to get up pretty early if I want to listen to it live because it's 4 o'clock here. It's 7 o'clock. Um, I've been in program over 30 years, and uh, but I don't have 30 years of absence. And the beginning, we used to use the big book a lot before um, we got the 12, 0, and then the 12 and 12. And then for some reason, it seems like we kind of got away. At least our meetings got away from it. But... Um, you know, I don't really have a favorite paragraph because I just love the way Bill really leads us through this. But what I want to say about the big book, you know, for years I would read it and um, 
it wasn't until I started listening to A Vision for You, which we go through it a paragraph at a time. And, um, you know, I had done those 30 questions, and I heard a lot of people on that meeting how they'd done those 30 questions. How many times have you done those 30 questions? How many times have you done those 30 questions? And, um, but when I started going through it paragraph by paragraph, it, it has made the biggest difference in my program. And I have, you know, our intergroup has a, a retreat every year at Tahoe. I'd say we've had five different retreats on the, the big book. We've had Lori, we've had Harlan, we've had just, we've done lots and lots of work. Um, but it wasn't until I started, I got a, a big book guide, and I started taking each paragraph and writing about it, paragraph by paragraph and writing about it, that I really, it really started coming alive for me. And that was, and that has really made the biggest difference in my program that has really helped me um i just i just you know it's it's like there's just so much stuff every time i read this and i take people through it you know each you know bill just leads us you know like i when i first read bill's story going through it you know i really could relate to ebby because ebby was the one that kept having the relapse you know and i kept, so i went and did some research and what ebby didn't you know, the, the, what I found out about Ebby was that he didn't, you know, he he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. He didn't work with others, and he had a resentment because he thought he should be the co-founder of AA. And then Jim's story, you know, I always loved the part, you know, they always used to joke about, you know, Jim with the milk and the whiskey. But right before that, it talked about how he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. You know, and there's just so many Jims in there that I didn't see until I just really started Studying it, and and I'm and I'm working with others. You know, I say, oh, they they, you know, they're working with the families. We don't work with the fam. But when I really start seeing, what are they trying to tell me? You know, what what can I get out of this? And there's so much stuff. I mean, they have so much stuff about relationships in there. You know, it's just it's just phenomenal when I open my mind and really study the big book because it is all the answers are in the big book. Um, anyway, thank you. I don't have a favorite prayer. I like the whole thing. <laughs> It is now time to close the session. Um, let's thank our speaker. Do you want to read this? <laughs> thank me um, and all who have done service. <laughs> all who have done service. Let's thank Nancy, who's really put together the program for this convention and asked me to speak. Um,